Hey there, Fat Guy Forum fans. A huge Happy New Year as we enter 2022. And I'm excited that you're still listening to the show. If you'd like to support us, you can do a couple of things. First, if you're an Apple user or you use Spotify, you can rate and review the podcast there to get us in front of more people. Also, you can use the support links in the show notes to purchase products, get a discount for yourself, generate some income for the show, or you can join the Patreon. And there's some cool stuff coming with the Patreon I will be announcing very soon. I know I've said it before, but this time it's really happening. So I'm just excited for all that's to come in this year. Thank you so much for being a part of this adventure. And on to the show. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet. And with this episode, it is now 2022. We're recording it in 2021, but this is you're all going to hear this in the new year. So, Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome to the next year. I'm ready to kick off another year of episodes with a guest that I've been, we've been trying to connect for a while. We had some hits and misses, but we're finally talking. Um, Dalton, I am excited to talk today, man. How are you doing? Oh, man, I am honestly so excited to be here. I'm so glad we finally, <laughs> finally connected. I'm excited, though, to, to join in and uh, dive in with you guys. So it's going to be exciting. <laughs> so let's do it, man. Let's let's dive right in. <clears throat> Tell us, what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Ooh, what qualifies me? I'm going to have to say the point where I hit 500 pounds and was basically told I would not see 30 if I didn't change my ways. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I would say it started when I was like a, a little kid. Um, I I, you know, I kind of got asked, like, um, well, were you big growing up? Yes. Yes, I was. <laughs> I kind of realized I was bigger than everybody else when I was uh, in T-ball. And I don't know if you're familiar, like, in the States here, like, with T-ball, they do a, a for, like, baseball, T-ball thing. Um, they give out little baseball cards for your team, and it tells you, like, your stats or your height and your weight. And that was the moment, man, I kind of realized, like, dang, I'm, I'm kind of bigger than everybody else because everybody weighs, like, 50 and 60 pounds. And Man, I'm over here at a hefty 110, and I'm like, man, I don't, want, <laughs> I don't really want to pass my cards out, man. This is <laughs> so, you know, I started realizing, and then like, you know, of course, as as I got older, um, I I still just kind of got bigger and bigger, and um, uh, I went to the, I remember being like seven and eight years old and going to like a, a pediatrician who recommended me to then go to like a, um, what is it, um for food, like a, oh my goodness, I can't even think of the word. Dietitian? Um, a dietitian. Okay. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Sorry, my brain is shot. No uh, worries. <laughs> dietitian at like seven and eight years old, I remember being like, like as a kid, like leaving the dietitian and be like, man, I just want a cheeseburger. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I want some McDonald's or something like, and that was my mindset. Um, so as a little kid, I, I went through these programs and then um, my, my, I, I just kind of got bigger and bigger in high school. I think I got up to like 300, 350 pounds and um, I remember doing like crash diets in high school and like trying to starve myself, trying to get there. And because, um, you know, if I didn't see results, man, I, it, it caused me to not want to keep going. Um, and so like I, I would lose like 30, 40 pounds and then just like balloon back 100 more than what I was originally. So um, and then one day I just I finally said enough's enough and I got to make a, a decision to change. And I had some uh, a doctor looked at me and told me, he's like, hey, man, if you don't change your ways, you're, you're going to die. Like, you should have been dead a long time ago, but if you really don't get your crap together, like, it's it's not going to be good, man. So um, that was kind of like the wake-up call. Uh, that and then my grandmother actually recorded me, like, stop breathing while I was sleeping. Uh, I came over to her house, and um, that was kind of like a turning point. That's when I realized, like, okay, my sleep at, I have, well, first, A, I have sleep at me is what I'm just, like, realizing, and then B, like, I'm gasping for air while I'm breathing uh, or while I'm sleeping. So it was, it was uh, kind of a, a combination of everything all at once, man. And so I decided to like, okay, it's, it's time. I, I got to do this. So, so let's, let, let's go it, back a little bit into, yeah. you know, before we get to what you did, like, because growing up big, you know, has an impact on us. Like, what was it like, you know, being three under 350 pounds in high school? Like, what was that like for you? Yeah, um, man, I went to a small Christian school here in Pensacola, and um, so it, it wasn't, I didn't really get the full high school experience as far as, like, you know, going to uh, a public school. Um, my family was, you know, raised uh, Christian, so I didn't want to keep me in that background, but um, in that, as far as that goes, um, it was it was okay, you know, I, I wasn't, like, 
I guess my thing is, is I kind of picked up on that I needed to be the funny fat guy at an early age. And um, <clears throat> I put that mask on and wore it, wore it, wore it really well, man. Um, I realized that if I could beat like someone to the like, like to the punch or to the joke first, it didn't sting quite as bad. So that's what I did, man, is, you know, I just <laughs> I could beat someone as far as like being, you know, making fun of myself and just, you know, coming up with a fat joke off the top of my head. But I'd make it about myself, and and so you know, cause everybody to laugh, and you know, at that point, why not? It, it didn't hurt quite as bad, you know. But um, you know, thank goodness, high school wasn't too bad. Um, just you know, from that way, I was able to to have a lot of friends, and you know, um, of course, you know, everyone, everywhere you go, you, you you'll have that one person, or you know, those, those few bad and apples that you know want to say shit and say bad things, and you know, but um. For the most part, it wasn't bad. I remember being slower than everybody else and, like, um, always failing in PE. Uh, we had, like, this run that we had to do. I was joking about this the other day with a friend of mine. Like, man, I, I wish I could go back and just kind of run that track again because um, I remember I could never, ever, ever pass the test. And the test was you had to do four laps in 12 minutes, and that would get you, like, a passing grade. And, man, I think the the fastest I ever got was, like, three and a half laps. And I thought I was going to go into cardiac arrest. Uh, but – <laughs> and I was like, man, I can't do this. I'm going to die. Um, but it was that, that was kind of, um, you know, one thing that kind of got picked on was like, man, you can't even do that run. Come on, bro. Like I can walk it. And I'm over here about to pass out trying to, you know, get through the third lap. So, uh, but it was, it was, it wasn't a bad experience growing up big. It, it made it difficult though. Like, you know, I remember seeing all my friends cause I was always bigger than all my friends by at least 150, 180 pounds, you know? So, um, I seen them, you know, they'd share clothes or share shirts or, you know, things like that. And I'm over here wearing like, you know, 4XL. <laughs> uh, so, you know, there wasn't too much sharing there. I couldn't really shop at the places they'd shop. Like I remember back in the day, I, this, I don't even know if this brand's around anymore, but uh, Hollister, we'd always go into Hollister at the mall. And like, man, I would get so pissed off because all my friends could wear Hollister and like, I'd have to go wear like, you know, plus, plus sizes and go to the big and tall store at like, 16 17 years old so um that was always a pain point and when you think about it when you look at at the weight gain you know throughout your life like do you attribute it to your relationship like when you look at it now like do you attribute it to your relationship with food was it habits was it lack of education you know i I, because i feel like i've we all i've talked to a lot of guys that get to 500 pounds and it seems like everyone has a, a slightly variant path in terms of how we get there like what do you think it was for you that brought yeah. you kind of into that place? Mine was honestly my relationship with food. Um, and this is something that I kind of realized um, as I progressed into the weight loss is um, I had an addiction to food, man. And I used it as a coping method for like depression and anxiety that I never even knew that I had. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like, and this is one thing that when people ask me like, hey, what's, you know, what's one thing I'm about to go into to uh, post our pre-op, like what, what should I you know, be looking for? And the first thing I tell them is, hey, make sure that you're open and honest with your doctor. Like when you go through the psychiatric evaluation, like be open, be honest, be real. And like, you'll get more out of it that way. And I wasn't, man, I, you know, I'm, I BSed my way through it. Um, I knew the right things to say that could get me to surgery. And um, cause surgery at that point, man, it was kind of like my, my last, like my hail Mary, honestly, <laughs> you know, I tried all the other fad diets and the, the weight loss programs and meeting with, um, nutritionists and just all that crap. And like, I've been taught all my life how to eat. Like I, I knew what to do. It's just like, I, I could not do it. Um, and, and I would try. And then like at that point, after about three fifty, man, I, I, you know, everybody's like, well, just go work out. And so <laughs> I remember tr- I got a gym membership. I paid like two and a half years on. I never went like maybe more than twice um, because the first day I went, I remember, um, you know how the, the, the mat on the treadmill is kind of going across the bottom. And um, as you're stepping on it, like it would literally stick because I weighed so much and it would cause me to trip. And like, like literally I remember almost bust my ass one day because of, of it sticking like that, man. I was like, well, do they not make like, machines for for you know 350 400 pounders and and sure enough no they really didn't like and now that, that was an issue so um but yeah uh it was it was just an addiction to food is what i kind of realized i had 
And you talked about, you know, at, what you brought out as, as you were talking about this is that surgery was, was the tool you ended up using, you know, when you got to your heaviest. And what, what was it, you know, so getting to 500 pounds, living that, you know, I, I, I've seen your posts on social, like I know, you know, talking about the size, you know, I, I'm very familiar with, with buying the 7X and the 8X shirts and what that life is like and kind of moving your body when you're that size. What was it for you that, was it that discussion about not living that brought you to the place of, okay, surgery is, is I'm going to go down this road. Like what brought you to that path? Yeah. Yeah. So man, there was, there was like, I, I say there was a flip in the switch, but it was like literally a combination of like three things. Um, I went to new Orleans at the time I was married. Um, we had went to new Orleans. It's like just for a weekend getaway. I think it may have been like an anniversary. I can't quite remember, but, um, we went for just a, a short time away. Um, and if you're familiar with New Orleans, you know, you have Bourbon Street and like, it's not that long. Like you can walk Bourbon Street and then, you know, not what, maybe 30 minutes or so, like nothing major. It's, it's a short road. Like, but, uh, that's where all the attractions are. And like, you know, I wanted to visit all the attractions and French market and all that. And I remember being like so big at the time and I, I literally could not do it. Like physically my, my knees were hurting so bad. Like my back was, was, was to the point where I'm like. I'm hurting so bad physically that I'm breaking out into like cold sweats, just like drenching my shirts, man, full of sweat because it was hurting so bad. And like, I remember at the time, like getting in an argument with like, um, an Uber driver because we're on, we're on bourbon street and, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've ended up getting into the Uber, me and my ex and, <laughs> and the Uber driver like turns around and, and he, cause I don't know if you're familiar with Uber at the time, it was like one of those things where they would just accept the trip. Once we like got into it, then it would tell them how far the trip was. And I remember the Uber driver getting mad because she's like, yo, you're only making me go like a point one of a mile. Like what the hell? <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm sorry. I just, I physically can't walk anymore. But at the same time, it was kind of those things where it's like, bro, your Uber driver's calling you out on how far you can't walk. Like, bro, get your shit together, you know? Um, and then when I got back, man, I checked my credit card statement. I was like, bro, I spent hundred and like 80 something. I think it was like 187, 188 on Ubers in two days in new orleans just like traveling back and forth like like literally i mean we probably used uber like 10 or 15 times just because i i could not walk from building the building um so that that was the, the you know the main thing so when i got back i started and like in around the same time as i got back um i came over to my, my grandmother's house i was saying um i was came over and, and i realized like i had to pick up some mail and i just crashed on the couch you know i was just kind of tired from the, the day and uh, I fell asleep with like mail in my arm and everything. And she was sitting on the couch and decided to just like record it. She grabbed her little iPhone out and started filming. And um, that's the first time that I'd seen myself sleep. And I realized that, man, like it was bad. Like I was gasping for air. And like at one point you could physically see my body like con like shake and convulse because I'm not breathing. Um, and I was like, oh, my God, this is this is bad. This is why like I'm so tired during the day. And um so I found out like then because of that, like the process of, of getting approved for surgery, sleep at me is something that would help me get approved as well. Um, so sure enough, I ended up submitting, um, like going through like a six month trial with my doctor and the nutritionist. Um, and then they made me go through like the, the sleep test. And normally, man, they do like these, these sleep tests where you have to do like one eight hour session. That's where they hook you up to the machine and monitor you. And then you come back like a week later and they put you on the machine to see how you're doing. Uh, and for me, like you had to go out, like you had to be asleep by like 10 o'clock, if I remember correctly. And uh, they ended up, I, I fell asleep. And by midnight, they had come in and woke me up and was like, hey, you're averaging like stop breathing over 140 times an hour off those two hours that we just recorded. And it was like, that, that's not, that's not good. Like we got to get you on a machine tonight. So they called the doctor in at like midnight, got me on a machine and would like legit not let me leave that morning until I, I had a machine that day. Um, so like they were that worried. And then I remember the doctor looking, looking me like dead in the eyes. And she's like, you should have been dead when you're like, I don't, I don't know how you're like alive. Like you should have been dead when you're 18 based off of like how much your oxygen levels are dropping and like your heart rate's going so low. And like, then of course it would spike because I'd start to like stop breathing. And yeah, it was, it was just bad. So, but that was kind of like the wake up calls. Like, bro, you're, you're 25 years old. You don't have kids. Like you're at the time I was married. It's like, man, like if I ever want to start a family, like 
how the hell am I going to do this if I, I I can't even take care of myself? How am I going to take care of other people? And like, you know, so um, it was kind of a huge wake up call. It's like, okay, I got to get it together. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what pushed me on that, that, that verge of, I tried everything. Um, I tried the programs. Um, I remember even one time my parents, uh, and so we do, have you ever heard of physicians weight loss? Um, it's like a program. Okay. So they're not allowed to do minors or at the time they weren't allowed to do minors. And they ended up taking my grandfather as a patient. And then like, just so they could like basically try to help me. That's how bad my health was is like 15 years old. And so I remember going in at physicians weight loss and like getting an EKG and like weighing in and getting my B12 shots and all that. And it's like, it was supposed to be for my grandfather, but they're like, Shh, we'll just hush, hush, you know, put it under the rug. We'll, we'll take care of you this way. So like I, I went through all the programs and this was like my Hail Mary. It's like, I, I need something to help me. I, obviously I couldn't do it on my own. I tried. And at that point I reached a point of working out wasn't even an option anymore. So um, that's when I, I finally decided to take that step and go that route. And then I uh, got approved for surgery and realized that that tool was something that could definitely save me. And tell, take us into it, man. What surgery did you have? When did you have the surgery? Yeah, so I had a vertical sleeve gastrectomy. Um, that's where they cut out 85% of your stomach, make like a little pouch. Um, but I had that in April. Uh, it was actually April 8th of 2019 uh, is when I had it. And what did you what did you weigh when you went in for surgery? Just to give people a sense of reference. Yeah, yeah I was uh, 515 pounds uh, was my highest um, when I went in. And then... From so that was two weeks before that I weighed five fifteen and it made me um, start my liquid diet on I was five fifteen so at five fifteen I started my liquid diet and I got to four eighty I want to say it was four eighty eight um, and that was my surgery weight was four eighty eight um, and then lost down to, uh, my lowest weight ever was um, two oh four so that's a, a massive transformation over the past two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little, just a little bit, a little bit, a little, little bit there, you know, I can relate to that 300 pounds down, man. Um, what, what was it like? So like, because I think it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you go into the idea, you know, surgery is a physical restriction at first, you know, very much like as a tool. Mm -hmm. And when someone is dealing with food addiction, what was it like for you with after the surgery and getting used to the new way of eating? Like take us into like, what that transformation was like for you, man. Yeah. Um, so man, I, and that's, that's where, that was the point where I realized like Dalton, you have a food addiction because man, I got so depressed. Um, and like, I remember contacting my, um, at the time it was, uh, my, my doctor, uh, Gatmatan here in Pensacola. Um, he had a nurse practitioner that I ended up meeting with and I was like, listen, like, I don't know what's going on. I know I, I get it. Like, I think it was maybe like two months in and like, I was doing great, man. I'd already lost like, 70 or 80 pounds in like that amount of time. But it was one of those things where mentally I was so depressed because everything I did, I associated with food, like no shit, watching TV, food, playing video games, food, working, food, um, going on a date, food, going to the movies, food, like every, literally everything was associated with food, hanging with friends, associated with food. And so, like, I realized then, like, I associated everything I did with wanting to feed my, my, like, it was just like a, a habit at that point and like a coping mechanism for, for then my depression. So then, like, when I, I realized that I could no longer do that, that's when I had no way of coping with that depression and anxiety and everything that I, I, I guess I had had from an early age. Um, and so because of that, man, I remember contacting my nurse practitioner. I was like, listen, like, this is bad. My, my mental health is, was went to shit. Like I, I'm, you know, having really dark, deep thoughts like that. I need to, I need help. So, um, you know, they ended up helping me and I, I got on depression medication for a little while, but ended up getting off like five months later. Um, and when I started like finally going through the changes and learning that like, okay, like you're right at the beginning, the restrictions there and it's such a physical restriction but after about six months to a year, like it's not as, as bad. Um, but in, in that first six months, I'll be honest with you, the physical restriction helped me until I could figure out how to get the mental restriction. Um, and, and that's what really like kind of that, that's again, that was the flip of the switch. Like, okay, I've got to watch what I'm eating and like, you know, portion controls a thing. Like it's not that hard. And that's when I realized like, okay, I can break this addiction. Um, 
and so I, that was kind of like the path that I took was um, finally overcoming that depression. And then um, I'll be honest, <laughs> my mental health really like in the past, I would say seven, actually about eight months now has just went up drastically. Like I've never been as happy as I have been in these past seven, eight months. And, and, and again, it's all a chemical imbalance. That's something I didn't even realize, but um, 75 hard is what really brought me out of being so like, just kind of over Cause like I'd lost the weight and I was still just like, I wasn't finding fulfillment, even though I lost the weight and you know, I was as what people would quote unquote and put, and if you could see me, I'm doing little air quotation marks skinny, um, is what I was called, which God knows I definitely sure as hell didn't feel that way. Um, yeah, it just, it was, a. uh, it was my saving grace is all I had to call it because again, um, it showed me that you can start working out and with working out, like it releases endorphins and those endorphins cause you to be happy. And like, that's when I, I kind of stepped away from everyone, man. I, I kind of, and I told my friends, I was like, Hey, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to kind of go dark for a little while. I'm going to, you know, take a step back and find myself. And man, I did 75 hard. I failed at day 33, but in those 33 days, I developed this love for working out. And I know that sounds so cliche and like, but this is coming from a dude that, man, I hated working out. I hated breaking a sweat. And like, I could break a sweat just by like walking to the refrigerator. So like for me to want to go get on a treadmill at night, because it helps me mentally and causes me to be happy that 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 never clicked and so for when those when those 33 days started working for me afterwards man i was like yo this this is routine could actually save me so that, that's what kind of helped my mental health and as of recently I've, I've never been happier but which is something powerful there because i i think as human beings we want to to keep the mental side and the physical side separate for some reason like you know we yeah. want to we want to treat our mental health as this thing that is physically removed from our bodies and we want to treat our bodies like machines that can just be you know like you're changing the oil in a car you know replace <laughs> replace a couple tires and the body moves like and yeah. it's this whole idea that it's so true you know it and the and it's one of the it's a discussion i have with people all the time it's like you have to realize that at the end of the day everything we do is is a bunch is is a chemical reaction, you know, our yeah. thoughts, our feelings, everything is a chemical reaction that's happening, you know, and, and it, the way we interpret it and all of that, you know, yes, is, is the mental side. But when you, when you keep the physical and the mental separate in your head, you know, in your processing, you miss the fact that different things are there. Like I, I relate completely to that idea that, you know, I never would have identified myself as an emotional eater or even as a, as a food addict personally until I stopped using food as a coping mechanism. And I realized that I was, it, it wasn't that I was eating to respond to emotion. It was that I was just c controlling my emotions 24 seven with food. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it yeah, was yeah, a yeah. constant that, flow. That. <laughs> so you take that away. Yeah, I relate to that, yeah. yeah. You take it away and it's like, holy crap. Like, where's all this coming from? Like, you know, it's, it's, I, you know, throughout my journey like that, those, when I would have those moments where like, I would just get irrationally angry over things or irrationally happy. Like, you know, you'd start to feel like these swings of emotion because I had always used this, this other piece to, to kind of control it because food is, is for many people like a drug, you know, it has a drug, you know, it hits the same centers in the brain that drugs do. Like it takes care of those things and you take that away and you realize there's more to work on. And like, I think that's, that's a powerful piece there in what you've learned you know through the work that you've you've done for yourself like that taking care of your body is a big part of taking care of your mind like it, it's it's not separate it's, oh yeah it's all about it is who you are like it's that whole idea of approaching yourself as a whole being and needing to take care of it all yeah you know and that's something and also um like another thing that really helped me probably like i said about seven or eight months ago when i really started focusing on like what i'm doing what i'm eating as far as like just trying to eat clean is i never realized that like how much your gut health correlates to your mental health and man it it directly like impacts that like if you eat like shit you're gonna feel like shit and that's that's kind of something that took a while for me to realize um and and i think that's like and, and don't get me wrong in the beginning of my journey like i i i just basically stayed in a, a you know, a, a calorie deficit, um, and, and wouldn't eat over a mountain for me. I, I still, I would say I'm still pretty restricted on what I can eat. Um, like I, I, it, it physically hurts me to eat, um, after a little while. So, uh, so I, I'm still kind of restricted from everything, but, um, 
yeah, I, I from that, I, I wish I'd have correlated like how much at the beginning, like just eating clean, like would would have helped my mental health. But I've got to realize that now. Uh, if if anyone's listening and they, you know, they they're realizing they're kind of depressed and but you know they're eating McDonald's and all this like saturated fats and crap all day, that could be doing it. Uh, <laughs> um, and you know, like yeah. So again, just kind of those little things that you pick up on later on that I wish I'd have known earlier. And I think, too, a big piece in what you're talking about is just losing weight doesn't necessarily fix everything. Like, that's, we, we, we get, we get folk, especially when you're, like, and this is, this is the hard thing, I think, for someone listening to hear who is 500 pounds and knows that losing weight will have a change, will affect some powerful change in their life. But you become fixated on losing the weight is going to make everything better. And a lot of times you lose the weight and not only do things not get better in some areas, you discover things that being the way you were before was covering up or was protecting or was, you know, like coping for and all of that. And so you have to be willing to actually then apply that same stark honesty that you applied to your nutrition and to the physical changes you need to make to every aspect of your life. Like it's, 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 it's hard sometimes like you know it's really hard sometimes like to to hear someone talk about you know i thought losing weight was going to make me happy and then i realized that it didn't have anything to do with you know it made a lot of things easier and a lot of things better and a lot of things you know gave me access to the world in a lot of ways i didn't have before you know like i'm sure like right now you you could do a hell of a lot more in new orleans than you could when you were 500 pounds (laughs) you know for sure like the, the uber bill would not be the same but no, no. <laughs> if you weren't paying attention, you know, to the mental side for yourself, you know, it, it's a missing piece, I think, a lot of times. It really is. Uh, and that's something that I like. It, that's the thing that I will forever preach on, because it's something that all my life I thought and like and I guess people can judge me for this if they want. But like, man, when people would talk about their mental health, I considered that like I thought that was a joke. Like I was just like, bro, get over it because I thought I was fine. But then when it finally came down to it and I realized like, I'm not fine. That's when I realized that, wow, mental health plays so much more of a part on the physical side than we would ever imagine. Um, so yeah, that, that <laughs> things like, I, it's just things like that. It's like, I wish I'd have known so much earlier, but well, and it's I'm a big part of why I started, now. why I started this podcast was, you know, to also start to create a space where men can talk about that. Like, you know, can talk about the the impact of mental health on, on all of these journeys, like not just discovering that depression was there, but a lot of times it, depression makes things worse. Like, you know, there's so many different things and we, and we think, you know, as individuals and women go through this too. So like, I'm not trying to say it's, this is only a men's, um, only a man's issue, but we think that, you know, how we're feeling and all of those things, a lot are just things that we're fated to deal with. Like, it's just, this is the way you know, we have this, yeah, you can, you can get, it's supposed to be. Yeah. right. You can get tunnel vision on it and you can, it's also, I think why sometimes, you know, when people are like, well, why didn't you do, you know, you Dalton, you got to 500 pounds. Like, why weren't you at 300 pounds saying I need to, I need to take drastic steps right now before this gets worse. Like it's amazing. The, the, the flexibility of our minds Yeah, when it's still enabling behavior that is just not you know, is not ensuring our survival. Like it's almost like these survival mechanisms become twisted and end up actually doing more harm than help in the end. Exactly. Um, No. Yeah. I wish I'd have learned to, um, I think that's the biggest thing I took away from 75 hard was learning how to finally control my mind. Um, And learning that's like uh, one thing that Andy Frisella talks about is listening um, to your boss voice instead of, uh, uh, I guess I can say like your bitch voice is, is the way he describes it. And like that, man, that rang true for me. And I realized that like my entire life, like I was listening to that other voice, like, man, in everything I do. And so I started applying that to like daily principles. So when I get to work, would I listen to my bitch voice and take the elevator or would I listen to the boss voice and, you know, take the stairs? Um, or and I know it sounds so stupid, but that's how I ended up correlating it. And it's like, okay, if I can't control my mind, like and control what I'm thinking about, like I can't control anything, you know, that's the only thing I should be able to control. Um, and I realized like, man, a lot of people struggle with that. Uh, <laughs> me included. I'm in it. That's me preaching to the choir. But, uh, 
Um, but yeah, that, that correlation uh, of the, the, your mindset is what really has just altered my whole view on weight loss in itself. Uh, and realizing that like that played such a huge part, um, throughout the journey. So, and I think that's one of the things that people miss about 75 hard when they look at it from the outside is they see 75 hard as a physical challenge. And if you listen to Andy talk about it, or you actually kind of think about what you're doing, it's, it's a mental challenge that has physical components because they're not separate, but it's a mental, it's a, it's about mental toughness and control. And like, it really is very much, it's about being able to commit to that routine and have things be non-negotiable. And, you know, the idea that, you know, especially you look at people who are starting, you know, who look at 75 hard and they're like, well, we're headed into the winter and I'm somewhere where there's going to be snow, you know, 45 minutes outside. That doesn't seem like a good idea. You know, this isn't a good idea. I shouldn't do that. Like there's exactly. so many other, and they start coming mm-hmm. up with different reasons why they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, so, yeah, yeah. No, I totally get that. Oh, man. And it's about and and I I will 100% say I I don't think 75 hard is for, is for everyone. I've, you know, I I think it's something that some people enter, you know, some people enter into it and end up doing themselves more damage in the end because they weren't ready for the fact that it's a mental challenge. You know, they 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 saw it just as I just have to complete this physical routine and they don't do they don't understand why you know, they don't even get why the the reading part of it is not allowed to be, you know, 10 pages of fiction. Like the idea that it's about personal development, the idea that it is about, because that's going to, these are all things that are meant to get you thinking and keep your, keep your brain going and kind of build that connection between your body and your mind. And so I think when someone can actually harness that, that's amazing. Like it can, it can be a truly transformative experience for a person when they go into it with that proper perspective and, and put into it what they need. But that's the same thing with any, any, any weight loss plan, any tool that's used. You know, one of the things, you know, we were joking about before we started recording was I, I was listening to, you know, well, I is, I don't want to, you know, be offensive saying, calling it a rant because it really wasn't a rant. Like it was you kind of putting out a message, you know, to people who, who talk about weight loss surgery as, as a cheat, you know, and, and that happens you see that a lot in the social media space. Like, and to me, you know, I will say I'm a complete baby when it comes to doctors and physical stuff and everything. So for me, I never put weight loss surgery on the table because it terrified me. But I think when people look at it, like realize that someone who's choosing to have weight loss surgery is choosing to have surgery. You know, they reach a point where they feel like this is the option that they, so it's almost like, you've got these people that, you know, have no connection to someone who's ever had the surgery or, or, you know, has made that decision. And they think, well, oh, they just were looking for an easy road. You know, they were looking for a way to make it happen in in a way that's the easiest. And I'm like, have you talked to anyone who has actually been successful? Like, sit down and talk to people like yourself. Talk my, you know, talk to, (laughs) talk to like my friend, John, John Arpino, like talk to people that have actually gone through the experience and come through it successfully. And, there's still work, you know, it's, it's not like, it's, it's, it's not like all of a sudden everything is done for you. And like you said, and the, exactly. the thing, and the thing, like, I, I don't think people talk about enough with it also is because of the physical restriction, you know, you'll see people go through rapid transformations. So if they're mm-hmm. not doing the work to, to transform their head as rapidly, they can run into trouble. Like it can become even more, it can become something that's even worse than an easy road. Like it can become even more challenging because they're not dealing with that mental side of things. So it's like, it almost forces both of yeah, those paths I mean, to be that's there. So true. <laughs> you know, like I, I just, it's one of those things where so like, true. I look at people, you know, I, I admire people that are willing to, you know, use any tool to change their life and use any tool that, they feel is going to be the right one for them. Because we talk about it all the time with weight loss plans, like, you know, find the diet that works for you, find the one that, you know, find the thing that's going to work. But when you're someone that has tried to find the one that's going to work for you and it has never come up, you know, it's never, it's never been there. And you, you choose to use a tool that's going to give you that opportunity. Like why on earth would you ever begrudge someone that? Like why on earth would you say to someone, Oh, you chosen, you know, let's be honest, like any surgery, has, has risks, you know, has physical, like, let's just, you know, be factual about it. Like there's risk, you know, you're allowing someone, you're allowing someone to, to physically alter your body. Like there's a risk there. So do you think someone would enter that decision lightly? Like, and of course there are outliers. There are people that abuse every weight loss tool 
on the planet. You know, I'm in the keto space. Like there are people that use keto in improper ways, you know, and end up developing it, turning it into an eating disorder. Like there's ways that people can, you know, be the outliers and use something improperly. But when a person uses a tool with the right intentions, you know, why on earth would you want to then throw it back at them and say, well, oh yeah, you just, you just, you just took the, you, you, you cheat, like the word you, you know, the yeah, language you, you were using, you, you cheated, you took yeah. the easy way out. Like, <laughs> it blows my mind. It, yeah. blo it blows my mind that someone would look at someone who's 500 pounds and say, oh yeah, you know, you just did this the easy way. There, yeah. Like, there's I nothing easy dating, about that. Like, <laughs> there's nothing easy about that. That like the fact that I remember going through and, and, um, cause I'll be honest with you, man, I, I didn't want to have surgery. Like. I never wanted to reach the, like, you know, when I'm 15 and I'm 350 pounds, I never want to reach that point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wait till I'm 25. I'm 515 pounds and be like, okay, all right, it's time to press the easy button as people like to call it. Like, no, like, man, I got to a point where I remember sitting down and writing out pros and cons, like pro, this could save my life. Cons, I could die on the table. Pro, I could, or con, like I could not wake up tomorrow because I simply die in my sleep. Like, and, and that's when I had to finally like go through the list. Like, okay, am I like, am I first, I've got to mentally come with the decision of, is this going to be my easy way out? And that's when I realized like, man, I'm doing like, first of all, it's not a game. It's my life. And like, at that point, I'm, I'm going to do whatever the hell I can do to better myself, no matter what the cost. And so at that point, I realized like it's either I die from obesity, I die from high blood pressure and probably getting diabetes because it runs in my family. And then, you know, at that point, like dying in my sleep because I can't even breathe properly. Um, or I can take, like, I, like I said, I already did all the plans and the challenges and the, the nutritionists and the, the psychiatric shit for so long. And finally it's like, okay, this, this is it. This is my last chance to either, you know, um, to get it done or, or just to give up and kind of be done. So um, anytime I hear someone say that it's cheating, because I, I see it like, especially like you said, in the weight loss community on, on social media, you got the trolls, you got the people that have no clue what it even consists of, what even BSG is, but they like to throw the word cheater and like the easy way. And, and I always, I always compare it to this. Um, and some people's like, oh, well, that's that's a weird comparison. But for me, it, it it correlates exactly. Like I would I would never judge someone who's addicted to drugs if they went to rehab. Like I never would. Like and and if that's the case, because like they are literally taking themselves and putting them and giving themselves a tool that will further benefit their life. Same thing for for someone that had a food addiction. Like I realized I had a food addiction. And I realized there was no way around it. And finally, like I, I did the last thing I could do before literally killing myself, like just eating myself into the grave. So anytime someone's like, Oh, you cheated. Oh, you cheated, man. I cheated death. That That's what I cheated. And if, if that's an issue for you, Hey, there's, there's a, there's a nice little button there that you can unfollow and unfriend. Like I, I'm going to post and I'm going to share because I see that, you know, people are impacted off of things of me just being real and honest and raw and open and, if I can help one person decide, like, hey, this is something that could potentially save my life, hell yeah, I, I, I'll be, hey, man, put it on my chest. I'll, I'll have a shirt made, you know. So, no, I think it makes sense, man. So, for you, when you when you sit down now, like, what what do you think are the biggest ways that your life has transformed? Um. Oh man, it's it. My life has literally changed so drastically in the past two and a half years. Um, to the point where, man, I like, and, and I mean, yes, the eating side and like, you know, well, a finally being able to care about what I look like, like, and I know that's. I mean, I always cared as a bigger guy. Like, I always tried to dress, and I, and I went back and like looked at the, like looked at my old photos the other day, and I remember like looking at like my jeans and stuff, and I remember paying like these extremely high prices. And then I'd have my jeans kind of tailored at the same time, but I'd have to get them like a size 68 in the waist. And then I'd have to have like, um, you know, someone tailor them, like tailored the legs. So it wouldn't be so wide at the bottom. Um, so I remember like going through, like I always wanted to look good, but now it's, it's one of these things where like after all the weight loss, um, I still struggle with it because of the whole body dysmorphia thing. Um, I still see the big guy in the mirror. Um, I still struggle with that. 
And I thought like, as you kind of said earlier, like, oh, well, you think like once you lose all the weight, your problems are gone. No, they're not. You get new problems. Um, every day you find a new problem that you realize you didn't have the day before. Um, body dysmorphia was not a thing for me. I just, I always knew I was a big guy. And so that was the issue. And like, I can kind of put it in the back of my head, but in the same time, I had such an anxiety of like, you know, for example, I don't, maybe, maybe you can relate to this, but like, let's say we had like a, a group, like a uh, party or like a dinner or something at work, man, I swear on everything good and holy being like bigger than everybody else at a work event where there was food involved. I would literally on purpose eat smaller amounts just because I felt like every person in the room was staring at me or like, or if they're like, Oh, please go up and get seconds. There was no way in hell I was going up to get seconds simply because I felt like every eye in the room was staring at me. And like, and of course no one actually gave a shit. No one actually was thinking these things, but in my head, I'm thinking like, man, like they're probably thinking like, does he really need another plate? Like, Oh, I'm sure he needs another sandwich. Like those are the things that were going through my head as a big guy. Now it's different. Now I'm thinking like, now it's just weird. Um, I look in the mirror and and I still see the big guy staring back and people's like, well, that, that sucks. Like that sucks that you lost that much weight and you still see that I, I would feel defeated, but I don't like, yeah, I still see the, you know, the loose skin. I see the big guy. And then I realize like I went through hell and I put this body through hell, but now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring it back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully I didn't just ramble on your question. No, you didn't. <laughs> well, uh, well, let's be realistic. Like you were the big guy two and a half years ago. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's not a long that time. Long that's not a long time. <laughs> like you were the big guy for decades. You know, like yeah, I, I yeah, you know, I, I dealt life. with the same thing myself. Like you know, I had over forty years of being the big guy. Like it's, it makes sense to me that that mental image doesn't go away. Like I'm sure you yeah. can. You know, I, I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've talked to other people that have like when you still try to make sure there's enough room for you to get through a space, like an aisle in a store, oh, or between God, cars, yes. Yes, or yes. you know. You know, uh, chairs in a restaurant, like trying to get between tables at a restaurant, like you still have that mental picture. Yes, that is the big thing that or, for example, like um, and this is the dumbest thing ever. But like, I swear to God, I do it almost every time I sit down. I'll check the chair um, or like, for example, the other day I went out um, with some friends and they're like a booth and I, like instantly in my head, I was like, can we get a table? And I was like, oh, no, never mind. I just ignore it. And they looked at me kind of weird. And I was like, just, just shut up. Just, just leave me alone. Uh, because I, like, I remember, man, like I could never fit in booths. Like I remember like going out, like being 18 with my mom and dad and then be like, oh no, we, we hey, we, we can't get a, a booth. We got to get a table. And like, you know, it it was always awkward if the waitress or waiter didn't hear us when we'd say table and they'd take us to a booth and like, we'd have to like, you know, make a scene, and not make a scene, but like to me, like again, to me, it felt like I was making a scene because like I, I couldn't fit. Um, things like that. Or you know what? One, one, and this is for everyone who's ever been big and I hope like someone can hear this and realize that they're not alone. But for me, Mine was if I had to use the bathroom in public, man, I could not fit in the normal size stall. <laughs> and that was the, like, that was something like an out, like I'll go to the bathroom and I'm like, you know, I don't have to use the big stall. Like why the hell am I waiting for the big stall? Like just go to the normal one now. Uh, things like that. Uh, I call the non-skill victories and, and I'm laughing over here because like, you know, I, I, it's things like that that I didn't even realize when I was bigger. Like, like I did. Uh, this is like now, I'm, I, I'm catching on to those things um, more than I did so then. Oh, and I think, well, it's because you don't, it's like you don't even realize that they were there like before, like it yeah. becomes so much a part of your normal, you know, the, I relate to that asking for, asking for a table and it would always be fun when you go to a restaurant where, you know, the tables were limited. So a booth, oh, they could seat you yeah. right away, but a table, they're like, oh, it's going to be probably 20 minutes, a half hour. And you're there with a group of yeah. people and you're having to say, sorry, so sorry, you know, sorry, yeah. but we got to do oh, that. Man. Or even, you know, I remember, you know, when it was time to, when someone would suggest we'd go somewhere new, all the recon I would do yeah. to be like, well, what's the seating like in that place? <laughs> and there were times I where know. I, you know, you'd, I'd find out yeah. like, uh, like I'd call and be like, oh, can I ask, you know, and I would always be like, I've got someone with a mobility, you know, what's your seating like? And they're like, well, we're all booths. And it's like, okay. And then I would make up a reason why I couldn't go. You know, because I didn't want to say to my friends, can we go somewhere else? Because I'm not going to be able to sit where, where you're going. Like, or I know I can't physically handle the walk from the parking to where we're going to have to go. Like, there was a movie theater that I stopped going to for years 
and I would just say, oh, I didn't, you know, I, they, they treat it, that place is like garbage. Like they don't keep it clean. Like that place is a mess because I knew by the time I walked from my car through the entire mall, through the food court, up, you know, up the escalator to the movie theater and then to the theater. Once you get into the theater, I was going to be dying. You know, I knew, you yeah, know, I would plan, I, I would, I would plan to yeah. meet people, you know, and I, that's why I also would be like, okay, you know, I'll drive myself. I'm going to be running late. I'll meet you there. But I would always get there early so I could physically do the walk, recover, and at least try to feel like I had kept myself looking together instead of looking like I was going to have a heart attack by the time my friends arrived. Like that takes up so much space in your head, Yeah. but you don't think about it. So then, then when you don't have to think about it, it's like, wow, I don't. I didn't realize all the things that I just used to do, you know, all those things that yeah. become those adaptations that we took for granted. Exactly. So it's like so many times that I restricted myself because of my size. And now that I look back, it's like, there's so much or so many things, like so many times, so many places that I didn't go, things I didn't do, you know, concerts I didn't go to simply because man, I knew that my, I would have literally died. <laughs> I would have not made it. They'd have had to call 911 and, you know, I'd have definitely ended up in an ambulance. So, um, well, it's that ability yeah, to say it's, yes it's without worry, you know, you yeah. can, you can agree to plans now without having to do all that, all that mental gymnastics. Like, I love how you called it recon, man. That, mm -hmm. that, that, that word stuck with me because I can't tell you how many times I would literally pull up a restaurant. Or like there were certain restaurants that I know that I could not go to. And so if my friend suggested them, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm going to bounce on this one. Or, oh, man, I'm going to bail on that one. Simply because like especially the ones that where the boost didn't move. Like, oh, I like, oh, man, here was one. And I, and I, I don't know if you have it. I'm sure you do. But do you guys have Waffle House? Uh, we like, don't. You've heard we, of Waffle we don't, House? but I've been Please. there, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, if you're familiar with Waffle House, man, they don't have movable chairs. Oh, yeah. And so, like, I remember going, like, to Waffle House one night with some friends after, like, a movie or something. And, like, literally, they had to go find a chair for me in the back. And, like, they didn't have any chairs available. It was, like, a late night. Everybody went to Waffle House and couldn't find a chair. And so, they're like, we'll just see if you can squeeze in the booth. And, man, I remember getting into the booth and I broke the booth mm. i legit broke like you know how they're mounted to the wall oh, yeah. like in the the rubber seat i broke the rubber padding off the back of the booth man and i was just like i need to go mm. this waffle's not worth it so yeah. <laughs> you know like it was it, yeah it, it's things like that it's just like oh my god so it's um, yeah, yeah it's, I, I relate to that so that 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 freedom from that is powerful like it's oh man it's life-changing like Oh, so empowering and life changing, and like, I uh, yeah yeah. Uh, you can hear me kind of get excited when oh, I yeah. like talk about all the things like I didn't realize I could not do. Like, one of my things for twenty twenty two is, and God only knows why I want to do this, but like, I want to go skydiving, Ooh. um, like and jump out of a perfectly good plane mm -hmm. now that I can finally be under that weight, you know, weight requirements. So, small well, more weird little more like power that to that you I, on that, man. Enjoy, enjoy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy that. Exactly, you enjoy exactly. that. Yeah, you report back like and let us know how it goes. So. <laughs> so, all right, all right. <laughs> so, Dalton, what what are the things, you know, you, I, I think you've talked a lot about, you know, even the things that, that challenge you now, but like, what are, what are the things that, that you feel like you're, that are your priorities in terms of what you work on now? Um, a, I'm working on myself. Um, and I know that sounds like, kind of cliche and um selfish but yeah i'm taking this next year to be completely selfish and like these last two years have made me realize how i never put my health first and myself first and all that um i mean i put myself first as far as like feeding myself that was about it but when it comes to everything else i didn't i put my health on the back plate i put my dreams on the back burner like you know my goals my ambitions and that that that's not happening anymore um, so that, that's where my new found focus and for 2022 really is, is man, I've got so many goals that I want to hit this year as far as like health, as far as career, um, you know, as far as starting, uh, you know, projects, traveling, man, I want to travel. Like I, I can't wait to fly. I flew once in, uh, 2020. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever flown. And so like, I can't wait to do that. Um, I, you know, I want to be able to travel. I want to go like, you know, overseas and, you know, kind of just visit some places that I would have never been able to visit before. And, 
Um, but at the same time, I also hope to um, potentially even compete in like one of those summer shredding events, kind of like John did. Um, shout out to John. John is an incredible inspiration, man. That dude is insane. Um, him and Rob motivation. I don't know if you follow him too, but yeah, I know those those two guys went to the last uh, the last one that they had, and like, man, just watching them like just kick ass through everything and like getting up on stage was so empowering. I, I kind of want to try it and just kind of see for twenty twenty two, maybe if I can, but. Um, so that, that's kind of another thing. And I, I think, uh, as far as goals and where I want to see myself in 2022 is I want to get more on a, a strict, like growth as far as like trying to put on muscle and trying to get a little bigger. I know to see that that's the, the, the weird part of me is trying to overcome the mindset now of now I'm trying to gain weight, but in muscle, I'm not like, you know, fat and calories and all the other things. Um, so that, that, that's a new mindset for me that that's something that I'm working on and overcoming. Um, but those are, those are what I'm excited to kind of dive into for 2022. Well, that's a whole new mind place to go to, you know, when you're, especially when you've had to restrict, you know, when you've lost, especially going on like a massive weight loss journey, and then you get to a place where you're working on building muscle. And the first thing people say is you're going to have to eat more. And it's like, wait, what? Can I do this? Yeah, Can I handle yeah, this? Yeah. Like it's a, it's it's it's, exactly. a, it's a mind game. Yeah, it's definitely a mind game, and that's the hardest part because I'm reprogramming. I'm like, for 28 years, my brain has said, "Oh, don't eat that. You're gonna gain weight. Oh, food is bad. Food is you know. I mean, to a T. I say for 28 years, but like in reality, like I've known food was you know, I know what was the good foods and what I couldn't eat and what you know. So now trying to literally you know reprogram recode my brain to understand that hey man you've got to eat like three like at least every three to four hours like you got to start eating more protein you got to start eating those calories you got to start you know how are you going to get the the uh the carbs there you know you got to start incorporating more carbohydrates to get the proteins to your muscles to help heal and recover and, and grow and so you know it's taking that mindset of reprogramming relearning basically my relationship with food again like this is going to be i'd call it like almost my my third relationship with food my first 25 years was i can do whatever the hell i want with it the last two and a half years have been like okay i'm i've got to restrict myself so much that it's no longer about enjoying it it's i, I no longer live to eat i eat to live but now it's this mindset of now i've got to eat to gain and I've got to eat to grow, and I've got to eat to fuel, and that that's that's hard. That's a hard transition from one relationship of twenty five years to the two and a half years of just screwing around, and and you know, I'm say I'm sorry, twenty five years of screwing around to two and a half years of being in that 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 calorie um, deficit to now trying to gain. It's I mean that that is a mental battle, and that's something that and and this is me just again something I promised everybody from the beginning. I'm very transparent, very raw. That's something I struggle with right now. Um, I struggle so hard with actually eating enough throughout the day and meeting those goals and those, you know, trying to hit those calories. And um, I, I don't struggle with what I eat. It's just struggling to eat that much and, and try to, to gain that. Like, And again, I always catch myself in the mindset of like, like, let's say if I put out like eight ounces of chicken in my mind, like I want to eat it. But then I've also programmed my mind of like, I don't need to eat all that. Mm. And then like, you know, so now I'm, now I'm, now I'm having to literally reprogram like, no, no, Dalton, wake the hell up. You got to eat that, man. We got to grow, you know? So it's just, it, it's a whole weird process that, but reprogramming is definitely the, has been a mm -hmm. uh, hell of a battle right now, that, to say the least. And it's also incredible that you have the opportunity to do it. You know, that you were able, like yeah. you said, to cheat death and move into this place where you can allow that relationship to evolve to have purpose and to yeah. take you to places that you never would have thought possible. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, something me and uh, man, like something that that's really just touched home with me is I remember like looking at these guys like online and seeing like there, there wasn't that many stories of like BSG for guys. Um, and it seems like in the last few years, it's starting to become more common. And I love that. And I, and that's one, the reason why I, I, when I posted April 8th of like, Hey guys, this is my journey. Um, I'm going to be, you know, being very real, raw, honest, like being able to, to now have an impact and a voice and like help others is just like something that I never would have dreamed of. I never would have dreamed someone would be asking me like, Hey, can you help me? And like, like, you know, 
assist me with this or like can you answer these questions about weight loss and like you know i would have never dreamed that like and now man it's this newfound passion of like man i really want to help other people like obtain this and like find this new life and like realize like you know it's not too late you can you can start whenever whether you're um you know you're 18 or whether you're uh, like one of my friend's moms had surgery and I want to say she's like in her sixties. Um, and she just recently had surgery like almost a month ago. So, um, it's just things like that, that really make me want to now push even harder, hit my goals even harder. And, and at that point, just kind of be that light and show everyone that, Hey, like it's possible. If, if, if you think it's not, it is, if, if there's someone in this world who thought that he would never, ever, ever do it, it was me. And I never would have dreamed that I could ever be small enough to to shop in a store or small enough to fit in a car again or, um, you know, small enough to, to ride in the back seat. That's one. Hell, uh, fit in a normal stall. Go buy a pair of pants at Walmart. You know, it's just the small things like that. So that that's my another kind of like one of my big goals for 2022 is just try to help as many people as I can and, and go from there. So. Well, that's that's something we should talk about. If people do want to follow along with your journey, especially like these these next things that you you want to do in twenty twenty two, like where do they find you, man? What's the best way for them to contact you know to not to not to call you, but you know the best yeah. way to, the best way to <laughs> the best way to follow along and see what you're sharing, yeah. you know, and reach out if that's something they want to do. Of course, of course. So I have yet to figure out how to do the whole direct message thing on TikTok. Um, evidently, um, like Zach was telling me, there's a way to turn it on. I've went in and my profile does not have it. So that's why I finally like I put a little like arrow like, hey, if you guys have questions, please message me on Instagram or, or comment or something like at me like somewhere to where I can see it. Um, and I hope in like 2022, I have a way of like, to where people can submit like, you know, direct questions to me. And, and that way I'm not seeing it because that's one thing I finally like had to do of, of you know, notifications was just kind of going crazy there for a little while. So I had to kind of start muting things. And like, I, I, like I said, I struggle with anxiety as you can probably tell I'm a nervous person as it is already. But when I started, you know, when I pull up my inbox and it was just like 99, I was like, Oh, Oh my God. And that, that man, that made me freak out for like, no, like not even kidding, like a week. I was like, I couldn't even look at my inbox. It was so like, I would start and like 15 more would come in. I'm like, what the hell? Like, and I'm trying, and the thing is, is I don't want to give someone just like a BS answer of like, oh, I did this, this, this. And like, you know, give them a, a I called it canned response. And like the, the, I wasn't giving them this canned response of like, oh, here's what you do. Like, no, I try to be real and personalized. And, and so it, it's just, that's the, that's the, I would say it's the best way uh, is Instagram and like if you can message me if I miss it I am so sorry message me again I swear I won't be mad I want to get to you and, and I promise you I will it's just uh, I'm working on that part so <laughs> that's so you, goals for me for 2022 as well but yeah so there's something you missed in there man like what what's your profiles what are, what are they called oh I did oh my yeah. god I mean, your handles I'm man sorry. give your handles uh, yeah that you know that may help. Uh, so uh, my Instagram and my TikTok is, um, it's at, uh, muscle white or it's my last name with no vowels. It's M S S L W H T all one word. Um, and that's across platforms. So, um, if you find me, it'll be there and I'll be on TikTok and Instagram and you guys can feel free to follow along. That's where I kind of just post on and kind of share my steps and my journey so and i'm going to put links to to both those profiles in the show notes today so if anyone does want to just click a click a button and get right there they can do that uh man yeah, that'd be awesome thank you i end every episode with five questions i call the fat guy five it's rapid ooh, fire okay. are you ready to go through them oh i uh ooh, i'm nervous oh all right, all right anxiety let's do this let's do this okay here we go man <laughs> so question number one tell us yeah. doll living or dead who's your favorite fat guy Ooh, um, Ethan Suplee. Uh, mm. I'm probably just butchered his name, but man, like seeing him from like remember the Titans? Oh to, yeah, uh, like go yeah, man, him. Have you seen him? He's a badass. So oh yeah, definitely him. Like seeing his change in the last like three or four years has been mind blowing. For sure, man. For sure. Question number two, Dalton. What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? Ooh, um, ooh. Man, I um, uh, I would say don't be in your head. Um, you whatever you're thinking of yourself, uh, and you're thinking and you're you're making others think that of yourself, they're not. 
So like, for example, like going to the gym, I know a lot of people's like, oh, I don't want to go to the gym because what are people going to think of me? They're not going to think of anything. They're there for themselves and they're mm-hmm. not there to see you. Um, and that's one thing that I relate to the most because that's one thing that kept me out of the gym for years was, oh, I don't want to look like that. Um, so yeah, that, that would be it. <laughs> I like it, man. That's a powerful one. I think it, anyone can, you know, almost anyone out there, whether they're dealing with a weight issue or not, can benefit from thinking about that. Yeah. Question number three, Dalton, if someone does want to get their journey started, what's one concrete thing they can do today? If you want to get started today, um, remember that a weight loss journey does not start with a dumbbell. It starts with a mindset. And that's what I realized. And it took the longest thing for me to start. But literally, if you start with the smallest things, like, you know, someone asked me the other day, like, man, I'm 500 pounds. I can't go work out or, you know, I, I don't have insurance. I can't get surgery. Um, okay, well, here's how we can start. Let's start with the small things. Like if you can't afford a gym membership, start working out at home. Um, you know, something that I did and I, I, I just didn't have the gym membership when I started was YouTube. I YouTube those like 20 minute workouts. And you know what? I look like an absolute idiot outside my front yard doing a, a 20 minute, um, what are they called? Like the H uh, high in, high intensity, uh, interval training, man, those kicked my butt for like 30 days. And you know what? Doing those got me comfortable to enough to where, um, I decided, you know, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take my shirt off one day. And sure enough, I took my shirt off outside. And yeah, I've got neighbors that are probably wondering, like, you know, my male guy is like, why is there this guy outside with all this loose skin doing, you know, jumping jacks in the front yard? Well, that's why. <laughs> so, um, but because I got used to that and, you know, uh, realized that, hey, no one actually gives a shit about, about what's happening with me. That's what helped me get into the gym and, and get started. But um, if you're trying to get started today, it's all about your mindset. Um, you can put yourself in a caloric deficit, everybody says. But um, at the end of the day, you have to make up your mind that now's your time and now you want to do it. Um, as many times as people, as many times as my mom and my dad and you know my family begged me like, hey, you, you got to lose weight. You know, come on. You, you know, we want to see you have kids or, you know, we want to have see you have grandkids or vice versa. We want to see you hit 30. Well, it doesn't matter what they want to see. At the end of the day, it matters what I want to see. And if, if I didn't want to see 30, then I could have never had surgery and I probably would have died. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, for me, it's, it's finally making that, that conscious, conscious decision to start and not give up, not go back, continue pushing. And th- I think that that was really the biggest thing was this like mindset. Um, I wish somebody would have helped me learn that earlier. Mindset is everything. There we go. Question number four, Dalton, what's something about yourself that you love? Ooh, um, something about myself that I love. Ooh, man, that's, um, oh, wow. That, that kind of, man, that kind of threw me off guard. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, what's something I love? Holy crap. I mean, um, I guess I love, um, Man, uh, you know, you may have to edit this. I'm like, I, I, you've caught me, man. You've stumped me here. Oh my God. Why can't I answer this question? I mean, there's, there's things, I guess, you know, I mean, I, I love that I'm able to help other people, but there like, that's go. not me. That's, that's, uh, does that answer work that I, I'm I now able so. to, to have an impact on other people and, yeah. and help others know that it's never too late? Like, uh, that's something that I love now. But I mean, I like, do you mean, okay, let me, let me ask you on that question. If you can expand, do you mean like physically? Do you mean like emotionally? Or do you mean just mean anything or anything? I anything? Think, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I'll, I'll stick with my answer then. I uh, like anything it. I love that I can help others know that it's never too late to start the journey. There we go, man. I like it. And the final question today, Dalton, and you started to answer this one a little bit, I think, but what's one goal okay. you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related? Ooh. Um, so I want to travel. Um, I want to begin to travel and see the world and realize, like get out from my hometown, man. I've spent 28 years in Pensacola. Um, and I think it's time to finally get away and, and spread my, my wings and, and just go, you know, and finally get to travel the world for so long. I was scared to, you know, cause I wasn't going to drive to California. I wasn't ever going to, you know, drive to, to <laughs> I can't really drive to, to Europe or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's kind of screwed there, but, um, I want to travel. I want to be able to, to start that. I want to read more in 2022. I don't read enough. Um, 
that was one thing I enjoyed with Sunday for Harbor's reading. And I, and I don't do that now. And, and, and why I don't know, but it's a goal that I'm going to, I'm setting aside for 2022 that I want to read like 15 books by the end of 2022. Um, and then uh, I would say my last thing for 2022 is I want to focus on hitting my dreams as far as my career. Um, that That's, that's where I want to go. And like, I no longer, I mean, I love where I work currently and I'll probably, you know, retire there, but I still want to on the side, like I want to start my, my side business and finally go that route and uh, push for that myself. You know, it's never going to happen until I start. So mm-hmm. uh, that's my biggest thing holding me back is me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so usually is, usually is. Yeah. That's the like biggest man. thing that holds us back is ourselves. So. Well, Dalton, I just want to say a big thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I'm glad we were able to finally connect and get your story there for people to hear. I know that there are going to be a ton of people that want to connect with you after hearing it. So just a big thank you from me. Absolutely, man. Thank you. No, seriously, the pleasure's all mine. I'm honored to be here. Like you've had amazing guests before and I'm sure you'll have even more incredible people afterwards, but man, being able to come on and just kind of share my passion and my journey is, has been awesome. So thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I honestly am, am honored to be here. Well, you are very welcome, man. And anyone out there listening, if you want to connect with him, I'm going to put those handles in the show notes so you'll have links to get right to him. If you want to connect with me, you can always find me on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto. You can email the show at the Fat Guy Foreman at G- Fat Guy Foreman, Fat Guy Forum at <laughs> gmail.com. There we go. I, c- I can talk. Me there can't speak. <laughs> and hey, everybody, remember go out there today, do something to amaze yourselves because you are the most amazing people that I know. Because you listen to the Fat Guy Forum. And then come on back and catch the next episode. Have an awesome new year, everybody. We'll be talking to you real, real soon. Mm-hmm.